All right, it's time for another episode of The Rundown. Welcome, everybody. I'm Sunny Galt. I'm a messenger with United Network News, and we are the official news channel for CARE, which stands for the Center for Amity and Restoration of Earth. And that's what we focus on. We focus on restoring our planet, not only educating and encouraging you guys with the bright, beautiful future that we have in front of us, but also letting you know what's really happening on this planet right now. Because there's a lot of stuff going on that you would never know if you're just tuning into mainstream media or perhaps alternative media, because those are the same narratives that been, they've been regurgitated like a million times, right? And we keep hearing the same stuff, same stuff. I promise if you watch our news <laughs> and if you listen to this podcast, you are going to hear things you have never heard before because we talk about the real news. And we have a newscast that is released through our online distribution platform at unitednetwork.tv. Our newscast comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And this podcast is specifically for people who may just be learning about United Network News. Maybe you're not a member because on our distribution platform, you do have to be a member in order to see all of our content. So, you know, maybe you're not a member yet. And maybe someone referred this to you. That would be amazing. I encourage you guys, you know, during all of these episodes, if you like what you hear, maybe not even that you like what you hear, but at least it's something different. At least you don't feel like you're running around in circles hearing the same thing, you know, multiple times from the same source, right? Even if what we're talking about is difficult, right? Because there is some real cognitive dissonance that can set in with some of these topics because we've been lied to about pretty much everything that we've been taught. And this information is starting to come out. And if you haven't heard of any of it before, it can be like drinking out of a fire hose, okay? (laughs) There's a lot of stuff, and we're going to talk about some stuff today that you probably had no idea was going on. And so if that's you, I encourage you to stick with us, okay? And keep an open mind. Do some research. I never suggest that people just take our word for anything. What I love and the thing that I rely on when we get this information is my own personal discernment. And really, that is your body's way of being able to tell fact from fiction, And we have to really start relying on that because there's so much misinformation out there and disinformation. It's deliberate, guys. There are secrets that are coming out now that the people that thought they were running this planet for a long time never wanted out. And we're going to explore some of those secrets today. And you may ask, how do we have access to this? How could we possibly have information that CNN and, you know, all these You know, MSNBC and Fox News. How do you possibly have information that those other people don't have? We have access to the highest security clearance on this planet. Where we get our information from is the alpha system, which is based in the ninth density, which if you haven't heard us talk before on our newscast about different densities, that's where God is, slash source, slash the creator of all things, of all organic things. That's the ninth density. (laughs) It is unhackable. And you have to be given permission. And there's only one person running this. 
And we call her Ground Command, Kimberly Gogan, which you're going to hear from a little bit later on in our newscast. So that's how we know this stuff. And like I said, it's incredible. (laughs) A lot of this stuff, you know, you've never heard of before. But hopefully today we're going to connect some dots for you. So you ready? You ready to start thinking critically? All right. Some of us, it's the first time we've done this. So here we go. Here is the rundown for Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. Our newscasts kick off with what we call our field messenger reports. And these are people just like you who want to show the world what's really happening in their communities. And it's a beautiful thing. We get all types of stories that are submitted. You don't have to have any experience. You don't have to be a journalist or, you know, have taken any kind of production classes or anything like that. We all have these little things in our pockets, right, that we sometimes we talk to people on, but most of the time it's to like, you know, hop on the internet and stuff. And it has a usually has a pretty good camera on it. Use your phone, use your mobile device and share what's happening in your community. We want to see that. We don't, you know, So often we are told what to think or what other people in the world believe. And this is our way of breaking down those stereotypes and all of that misinformation out there about what other places in the world are like. So we are going straight to you guys and saying, show us. Like, let's take out the middleman here. Just show us what's happening in your community because you care about it the most. So we've got a couple reports that we're going to quickly go over today. The first one is from Elsie, and Elsie is in South Africa, and she shows us the Pretoria Marketplace. Now, this is a farmer's market, so they have, you know, standard things you would have at a farmer's market, but she focuses in on this particular shop, which is... I think one of the coolest shops that I've seen. And it's all about how it's run. So the name of it is called Definitely. And it's run by people who are deaf. So they spell definitely a little bit different. If you saw the logo, it would make a lot of sense. But instead of like D-E-F, it's D-E-A-F. And then the D looks like an ear. I mean, it's, it's it's super interesting how they kind of piece this together. But what's most interesting, not just the name of the business, is how they run this. Because you would think that that might be a little bit of a challenge if you can't hear drink orders and, you know, there might be some, you know, communication issues. But they have this whole system that is just really smart. And what it looked like on camera, I'm not sure what the material was that it was made of, but it looked like they had these like little trees Um, with these little branches, let's just call them trees, and they had these like little bands on the tree. And so they had a, a tree for warm drinks and a tree for cold drinks. And then each of the band was like a different type of drink. So you would come up and pick whatever band that represented the drink that you wanted to order. And I believe they used tokens, so they must have some sort of system there. And then, you know, not a lot of, you know, information has to exchange besides, you know, giving them the band and the token. And then, you know, they start making your drink. And it was just it's just a really beautiful way of 
of seeing the world a little bit differently. These are common things that if you didn't have a challenge like that in your life, you wouldn't even think, oh, wow, that could be, you know, a bit of an issue if people can't, you know, you know, understand what I'm saying or, you know, if I've got to kind of guess what a drink order is. And it was just a, a beautiful and simple way of breaking things down And don't we need to do that more frequently in the world? It doesn't matter if you have a challenge, you know, like being deaf or something like that. Our communication is so off (laughs) regardless. And uh, this was just a a really, I guess, empowering video. I I just really love everything that they're doing. And it makes you think, wow. I mean, humanity is is so smart. And when we really put our minds to it, there's really nothing, nothing that we can't do. And so it was a beautiful story, Elsie. So if you're listening, thank you, Elsie, from South Africa. Now, our next story is from Romania. And there is a beautiful cave there, the Alameda Cave. Monica takes us on a tour of this cave, which I believe she says is 1,200 meters long. So it's a very long and just large cave in general. She said there was very high humidity in there and the cave is in the mountains. And and this is one of those stories you really just have to see, right? But she did say that when they originally discovered these caves, that a bunch of skeletons were found. And I guess they were able to examine this and they estimate that the people were there about 10,000 years ago, which is pretty amazing. And there's just a lot of positive energy surrounding these caves, powerful vibrations, and it's based on these quartz crystals. There's 13 of them that surround the cave. And the other thing that she said that I thought was really interesting is in order to get there, there's multiple ways to get to the cave, but probably one of the coolest ways is by cable car. So you can actually take a couple different cable cars, which let's face it, we don't do every day, right, (laughs) to get to this cave. And then do a, you know, tour of the cave. It was beautiful. So thank you, Monica. Now it's time to discuss the new earth. This is a fairly new segment that we've added to the news within the last month. And it's all about how to live in this beautiful new creation that we call the new earth that we are coming into right now. Because so many things are changing. And like I said earlier, we've been lied to about pretty much everything So not only do we have to deconstruct all those lies and the programming and all that that we have in our brain, but then we have to remember who we are as humanity and the amazing things that we can do. And so that's what this whole segment is about. And we kick things off with an interview with Ludie Green, and she is a a human rights advocate. She happens to be a personal friend of mine. She has been on the news before, I believe a couple weeks ago. We had an interview with her, and she was going over the different types of domestic violence. So we have physical, we have mental, and we have economical. And today is kind of the second part of that conversation, where we talk about, okay, if you think you have become a victim, or I will say survivor, of domestic violence, how how do you get yourself out of this situation? Or perhaps someone you love. And for me, really, this is about, and we talk a little bit about this on the news, this is about understanding your own sovereignty. Because as we transition into the new earth, 
All of humanity has to recognize their own sovereignty. No one has control over you anymore. You are no longer a slave. Now, the cabal was treating us all like slaves, right? But we can even be slaves in our own home, which is what domestic violence is. It's a feeling that you can't escape. doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You can't escape out of this situation that you're in. And so it was a really good interview with Ludi, uh, just talking about what to do. And then one thing that she said that I thought was really important to bring out is that, you know, a lot of people might think go, go to the authorities, right? But you have to have certain things in order for that actually to be effective. And so Ludi goes into more, more details about this. But if you are experiencing something like this, this is the time to take back control of your life. And not just because, you know, I'm not just trying to give a rah, rah, re, you know, kind of answer to domestic violence, but because there is no place for domestic violence, domestic abuse in the new earth. You are a sovereign being, but you have to take back your own sovereignty, right? And so that's why we're doing these interviews with Ludi. Okay, our next story is about something really interesting called human libraries. Now, it's pretty much whatever the name is, right? Human libraries. Think of a library, but instead of books, you have humans. And you can quote unquote check out these books. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) It all takes place within whatever environment, you know, wherever the library is, okay? But you can... Check out these books, which basically means, you know, meet with a person and learn more about their story as if it was a biography of something. And you can really dive into these personal narratives and have these open and respectful conversations, which, again, goes back to us just being able to communicate with people better. You know, we're, we're on social media and dropping one-liners and walking away and, you know, stupid stuff like that. We're not listening to other people. And so just like you would open a book and just start reading, pretend the person right in front of you is the book, showing you pictures, showing you images. You know, it's about overcoming adversity and societal norms. And not only is it good for the person that's quote unquote checking out the book, (laughs) but it's also good for the people themselves, the books, because it's therapeutic. Someone's listening to them. How many times do we just want someone to listen because there's all this noise out there and so many people just feel so alone because nobody's listening. So it's breaking down barriers and stereotypes. I think it's a phenomenal idea. I just, I just love it. So there you go, human libraries. And another story that we focused in on is the power of a smile. Now, I think we all kind of know that there's like a warm, fuzzy feeling you get when someone smiles at you. And it doesn't have to be your special somebody. It could be anybody. But it makes you, it's like, it like lights something up within you, right? And smiles are really a universal language. It transcends all cultures, all languages, any, you know, any other kind of barrier that could be thrown your way. When someone smiles at you, you know what they mean, right? And not only is it good to, you know, receive that, what's actually happening in your brain, by the way, is that it's releasing endorphins, dopamine, serotonin, and all of that is 
the feel-good stuff. This is what makes our body feel good. But chemically, this is what's happening in our body. And then the result of that is that it reduces stress. It lowers blood pressure. It boosts our immune system. And it's free to give. You ever see, um, like on social media, YouTube, people giving out free hugs? It's kind of the same thing. You know, there's physical touch, you know, that's involved in a hug and a transfer of energy that can happen there. But it's kind of similar, right? Like, it just feels good when someone smiles at you. So I encourage you guys, even if you're not a smiler, I smile all the time. I'm smiling right now. (laughs) But even if that's not you, it doesn't cost anything to give someone a smile. So when I give it a try. All right. In our regional news, we have a handful of stories that I want to go over with you guys. You may have heard these on different news platforms, but hopefully we'll dive a little bit deeper in this and give you a better understanding of what's happening here. So the European Tax Observatory Research Group, which is a mouthful in itself, is recommending something called a global billionaire tax. Now, right off the bat, I'm sure everyone's like, that sounds like a good idea to me. Let me break this down so you know what's involved. It involves the super rich paying a minimum 2% global tax. And they estimate that there's about 2,750 billionaires on this planet currently, and that would generate an additional $250 billion per year. Now, here's what's interesting. I think we all know that whether you're a corporation or you're a billionaire, like if you can hire a whole team of people to get you every tax deduction possible, these people are using tax loopholes. They are creating shell companies to avoid taxes. In fact, this article talked about them actually paying less than 1% of their wealth in tax. And we know this is going on. Remember when they were trying to get Trump's tax returns? Well, it's not that he's a saint, okay? Trust me, by any means, he's not. But he was just using the same rules that all these other billionaires, millionaires, whatever, politicians, they're all playing by the same rules. Now, they were trying to get him in trouble and trying to shine the spotlight on them, but they all do it. So this suggestion, while it's kind of interesting because billionaires have not paid their fair share, neither have their corporations, but this is a this is a whole system that is not set up for the people by any means. So while something like this may sound good, I think we need to take it a step further and go, why are we even having these kind of taxes in the first place? When it comes to income tax, why are we even doing that? We are working our tails off, and most of our money is going back to the government. Or we're willingly giving all these large corporations our money with our own paychecks, right? They're getting it one way or another. So on the surface, they you know this may sound like a good thing because it's like, yeah, finally, billionaires have to pay their money. But I think there's better ways to do it than this. And I think we're going to see moving forward – As we transition from a period of lack, which we've been in lack for a very long time, to a period of abundance, it's not going to be so much about the money. Thank goodness, because I'm so tired of talking about money. And I know that that seems really strange because it seems like everything 
in this 3D world we live in right now is about money, but we are transitioning to a time where you're going to be able to manifest what you want. So I think there's probably a better way to do this, but I do give this research group credit for even coming out and suggesting this. Let's hope they're around and someone doesn't sabotage them simply for suggesting this 2% global tax. Okay, so the next story has to do with making money as well, okay? It's called, um, it's in the UK, and there's something called a voluntary real living wage. And thousands of workers are now getting about a 10% pay increase. Now, this is different than minimum wage, and the biggest difference is that this is voluntary, okay? So any businesses that are participating in this didn't have to do it. They chose to do it, which is different than minimum wage because a minimum wage, you have a minimum amount that you have to pay. That's what the government says you have to pay. This is different. In fact, 14,000 employers have signed up. They estimate that this is impacting right now about 460,000 workers. And what they have found so far is that this is increasing productivity, staff loyalty, and it's also decreasing employee absence rates. So it's one thing for the government to come to you, like with a minimum wage thing, because here in the U.S., we're hearing all about, oh, this minimum wage is going to go up and this is going. That's something that government is forcing you to do. But the fact that you can opt into this, think of what that shows your employees, And it shows them that you care. I remember I had some friends that worked for Starbucks. Not that I'm advocating for Starbucks, okay? But I had some friends that worked for Starbucks, and they would talk so positively. This is many years ago. (laughs) They would talk very positively about Starbucks because they were getting health benefits even at part-time wages. So they're working part-time but getting health benefits, And what was drawing people into that was that it gave this illusion (laughs) that Starbucks really cared about the people. And so wouldn't you want to work for a company where your boss really cared about you and was willing, not because they were being forced to do it, but decided to give you a 10% increase because they believed in you? That's why it's leading to productivity and loyalty and, you know, and, and I think naturally we want to give back. When people do something nice for us, we want to give back, which is why, you know, people aren't calling in going, I hate my job. I'm just going to call in sick or whatever. You know, the absence rates have gone down. So it's a totally different spin on this. If you treat people right, they will want to do right by you. This is the world that we are building for ourselves now. And again, we're transitioning out of a period of lack. So if you didn't have to worry about lack and, you know, all this kind of stuff, that's naturally human behavior. I believe that's human behavior where we want to do good. I believe in humanity. I really do. I believe there are many things that are holding us back right now, and we are so frustrated because we've been slaves for so long. We, most people can't even put their thumb on what's going on and why they are so frustrated, but that's the reason why. You know, every time it seems like we think we're going to catch a break, we get knocked down a peg. 
And and that's why you see people just throwing their hands up in the air and calling off work and, you know, lying to their boss and demanding more money and doing you know, all this kind of stuff. It's creating all this friction because the way we've been treated. But if you take that nastiness away and people don't have to worry about a lot of the financial concerns like healthcare and things like that that are driving you know, where they work and how many hours they work, you take that away and suddenly I think you have a completely different situation. All right, next story is about China and their largest media, social media platform, which is called Weibo, W-E-I-B-O. Now, Weibo, this is a suggestion. It's a proposal. They call it a proposal. They are proposing that their users have to display their real names on their platform when discussing politics and finance. <laughs> now, how well do you think that's going to go over? I can just I can just picture this happening in, in you know, the US. Probably not going to go over very well because those are two topics You know, if you threw in religion, (laughs) I think those are the topics that people get the most fired up about, right? So this proposal is going to be for people with 500,000 followers or more. So the more influential people now have to reveal their names if this proposal goes through. And so there's a lot of discussion about this. Is this truly about maintaining societal order? Or is this about infringing on people's privacy rights? Because you know, if people don't have if people don't have to give their real names, you know, and they're just you know, flower girl fifty seven, <laughs> that they're going to say whatever they want. Now, I'm not sure how they're going to verify all this information. Like, how do you give you know? How do you know that someone's you know real name? Maybe it's through some sort of identification you have to upload or whatever. But still, what do you guys think? Is that Maintaining order or infringing on people's privacy rights. It's interesting. All right. And our last story is about social media, too, but here in the U.S. So dozens of attorney generals are suing Meta, which is the parent company of Instagram as well as Facebook. And the reason they're suing them, the timing of this I find to be really interesting because this is something we've known for a very long time. They're suing them because they say, the attorney generals say, that Instagram is contributing to a mental health crisis amongst young people, specifically young women. They say their apps or their, you know, the Instagram app is designed to be highly addictive, which we knew that. Hello, CIA. By the way, if you thought that Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook, created, well, I think they bought Instagram later on. But if you think that, you know, or, or Bill Gates just created a computer out of his garage, that that's a really lovely story they told us, you know, <laughs> as well as, you know, Mark Zuckerberg creating Facebook or, you know, in college or whatever the story is. Like, those are fun stories. Those are like rags to riches stories that get us all excited. Like, oh, yay, that can happen to me too. Not the case. All right. Social media, they're from the three-letter agencies, guys. This is a way to spy on you. And I fell victim to this from, you know, the very beginning I had social media accounts on pretty much all of the platforms. I was posting regularly. And then 
slowly but surely started to feel like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and then I quit all of them. Like one day I like deleted all of my profiles everywhere and haven't been back. But that is, I mean, they learned so much about us, right? Because people are just posting all this kind of stuff. But, you know, a sidebar to that is how they impact our our mental health. And that's really important. You can only imagine a girl, you know, getting on Instagram and seeing all these pictures and, oh, I don't have this. And, you know, I really need my pictures to look perfect and all these filters. And look, she's got these shoes. I mean, childhood is difficult enough without, you know, all this extra stuff. And so what these attorney generals are saying is that this leads to depression, anxiety, and it interferes with these girls, their daily life, their education, and they say that Meta has favored profits over the well-being of its users, which, yeah, <laughs> I feel like saying it's about time, you know? So, yeah, so maybe there will be some accountability here. Who knows? Now it's time for our world situation report, kind of a wrap up here. There's a couple of sound bites that I want you guys to hear today. The first has to do with the Freemasons. Okay, so you know the black and white checkerboard pattern that you see. This is really big in the 50s too. Remember like black and white squares? You'd like walk into a diner, there'd be black and white squares everywhere. Well, if you haven't seen pictures yet, Please go ahead and search online for this. But in the Freemason halls, this would be the tile. Or maybe it wasn't tile. But they would have this kind of pattern on the floor as well. And Kim from the Office of the Guardian gives us a breakdown of what did this actually represent? Because we know the Freemasons, this was one way that they you know, the people, the cabal, so to speak, got people into the system. You had to kind of climb the ranks of these different secret societies. And then once you get to a certain level, like 33 for Freemasons, then you were given all this esoteric knowledge, okay? But what did the black and white checkerboard pattern that, you know, are in the halls for the Freemasons, what did that actually mean? Well, it has to do with duality in the universe. Take a listen. So when you took a look at the universe as a whole, uh, and you have what we call the alphaverse or the light side of the universe, and we have or had um, what we call the omegaverse, and that would be considered the dark side of the universe. Mm -hmm. And we talked about last time or, you know, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about what that means when you come out of an age. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, timelines within them, within the universes. And now we're going to talk about dimensions. So we talk a lot about densities. We talk a lot about, um, <clears throat> we talk a lot about cities and planes and, and what that means to you and how that affected you, you know, your person, the planet and the whole multiverse really, mm -hmm. and the spaces in between and all the problems that they called that they caused. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about what dimensions uh, mean. So there's many dimensions within planes, and then there's also dimensions within densities. And because we lived in a dual universe and 
um, I would say in a dark age for quite some time, you would have these small bubbles we call dimensions, which were completely dark and full of nothing but dark consciousness. Uh, we also had neutral dimensions and neutral zones in which people and non-people uh, could uh, be present inside. <clears throat> now, what we had also had was communication lines between the two. Uh, these would be um, like wormholes and time warps and whatnot between the two. And this is what created your fabric of reality. So literally, if you were to look at it from an energetic con in a consciousness in a plasma standpoint, you, you would have seen the universe like a checkerboard. Okay. So why do they have this and everything they do? You know, I mean, every, all the floors are showing checkerboards and all of this, because uh, that defines the duality in the universe. Now, this also existed in quantum AI systems. So just because people say we live in the third dimension, we, we could have also had three dimensions within this dimension because we are in the third dimension. Does that make sense? <laughs> we would have had light, I know. <laughs> say that three times fast. I know. We would have had a light, <laughs> a, a light dimension, a dark dimension, and a neutral dimension within, you know, for, for example, this planet. Okay coexisting at the same time. Now, I'm bringing this up now uh, because it doesn't exist like this anymore, uh, but it is something they don't quite understand because the same thing existed also in quantum computing. Mm -hmm. So all the quantum systems, the Alpha AI, Alpha 2, Harmonic Genesis, because Alpha 2 used to exist in the lower astral, uh, Omega and Kronos, they all looked like a checkerboard, for lack of a better term, throughout all the densities in all the planes of existence. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to use an access point that may be a remnant, like I said, the puffy clouds, that looks like they're going to enter into uh, something in the alpha system, as an example. And once they get in there, they can't get out. Hmm. So in other words, it might be a space between a zeptosecond or something very, very small, a very small space that might be left as we, as the remaining dark matter and so on and so forth clears through. Um, and so they've been doing this uh, for the last couple of days and, <clears throat> and they're not really getting anywhere. Uh, you know, umbrellas still running around like crazy people, uh, what's left of them anyway, they're all dying rapidly. Uh, again, that was not my call. That was a call from beyond because we're all sick and tired of it. So I just thought I'd take a minute to kind of explain that. So now it kind of ties into what, you know, in the symbology that we know in our world and what that really represented, whether they knew it or not. And how that part is no longer existing. And this is what I mean when I say everything is changing because this was secret knowledge. In other words, occult knowledge. That's the meaning of occult, means secret or hidden. 
And for many, many years, this is how they ran their system, right? This is, you know, as far as the Freemasons and all of this, you know, this is how they would recruit and they would give them this secret knowledge. But now the knowledge is useless <laughs> because this is not, we are no longer in a dark age. We are in a fully light age now. And as we continue with the World Situation Report, Kim makes it very clear that she is under no obligation anymore because we are in a fully light system to help these people that are on the dark side. If we truly had duality between light and dark, then that would be a different story. But too bad, so sad. For so many years, they refused to have this true duality, okay? Um, They kept suppressing the light over and over and over again. And finally, God slash source slash creator said, we're done. It is now a fully light system. And so what's interesting, Kim talks about a conversation that she had with someone recently who was um, under the impression that the Rothschilds (laughs) were very good people that were going to help humanity, which really couldn't be further from the truth. And this next soundbite that I'm going to play is Kim explaining, because this is really important for some people to hear, that these people that say that they're in charge were never, ever truly in charge. You know, it's like a teenager saying, well, you know, when mom and dad are away, I'm in charge. Yeah, but you don't own the house, okay? And you can't really do much without your parents' permission. That's kind of what was happening with the elites, They never had the final say. And here's Kim explaining that because there are people now that still think that these, you know, wealthy and uh, very influential older families are going to save us somehow. They've never saved anything in their life. And here's Kim explaining that. A conversation I had uh, yesterday, uh, between yesterday and this morning, with someone that truly believes that the Rothschilds are going to do wonderful things for humanity. Because that's what this particular family member said. And I try to explain that that's not the case, but he went on to say that they control all industry, they control all telecommunications, they control all of these different industries worldwide, um, and therefore they control the world. They control the Federal Reserve, he says, and he goes on and on and on to tell me about all the things that they control. So when he was done, I explained to him what some of you already know. Uh, Number one, the things that they believe that they control are not things that they created. They don't have any concept of who actually created it and who perpetuated it. So we do know uh, that the others um, pretty much ran this planet for a long time. And they were not in our favor. Uh, Most of them were quite evil. Uh, They used us as cattle, as food, as a lot of different things uh, for themselves. Uh, Lushing and all of the horrible things that they have done to us. Genetically modifying us, dumbing us down, trying to not allow us to live to our full human potential, um, and so on and so forth. 
but they also, you know, it's, it's kind of a distorted view in their head. Like there's even the archivists have said as recent as last night, there's something wrong with their brain. So I thought I'd just take a minute now. Now the control of all industries was a plan that was originally given by Marduk, I guess you would say to on down to the covens and then on down to the coven masters and the parents and, you know, everybody that was involved. And eventually they got to see a small portion of it. Uh, I would say um, that plan had been revised a few times for total planetary control in the slave system. And the last time I know of that it was revised was in 1975. And it was revised by Bush, but it was approved by the coven master and the parents and all the way up to Marduk. So once that plan was approved, then money would come out to fund said plan consistently as long as they did a quote-unquote good job. Mm-hmm. Now, the different families and the different sectors of different families, including the Order of the Black Sun, the SSP, Umbrella Military, everybody had a role to play in said plan. Remember, these people are organic humans. They may be fractionated in the head, but they are normal people, and maybe they had chips in their head that they don't have anymore. But... <clears throat> They have a distorted view of what it means to control something. Now, the reason why they're confused, in part, is because they failed to recognize the relationship and the checkerboard that used to exist between the Alphaverse and the Omegaverse, number one, and the alpha quantum AI systems throughout all densities. So this is a universal wide system. This is not something at SuperNAP. And then the Omega system, which is the base root system for the other side, and how they coexisted. See the reason for explaining this? Mm -hmm. Now, the agreements would have had to take place with both parties, now, unfortunately, you know, that was something that was chosen way above our heads. In other words, that's a source thing. Source is the ultimate principle. Source, and at the time, anti-source were the ultimate principles for both sides. But we had to coexist, and we were codependent on each other for a specific reason, because there was supposed to be balance. Now, As far as the control over all of the industries and telecommunications and, you know, this long speech I got to listen to, that whole system was fed by the light side in the alpha system through the dark system in which money was cursed and transmuted to fit into that system. And then they would profit and benefit from things like war and and 
crimes and and total control systems and and all of those things were approved by anti-source during a dark timeline during a dark age because we on our side had to play our part in the role mm-hmm. you see i'm not saying that i i wasn't even around really when all of this i mean no offense, but I'm not that old, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so all of this kind of continued on and on and on. It's the reason why they think that um, the solar eclipse was going to help them so much. It's the reason why they thought there's another one coming up. I think it's on the 28th, another solar eclipse. So if you felt the last one, you know, probably going to feel this one too. Hopefully we've dismantled all we needed to dismantle. I'm hoping um, so that we don't have the same little bit of an upset that we had last time. But uh, that being said, is it clear that there was a relationship between the two and it never went away? So my position over here is not new. Mm-hmm. There was a time frame to where Marduk played both roles in an agreement with the Council of Nine And the Council of Nine are what you would consider a council of the angels and the demons, so to speak. Some worked for source, some worked for anti-source, and they were there to keep the balance. So he made a deal a long, long time ago, uh, you know, thousands of years ago, uh, to agree to maintain balance as long as it was our choice, let's just say, as it related to planet Earth. Now, we really didn't have much of a choice, to be mm-hmm. fair. You know, we we were, it's kind of like putting something, someone in a box and having one exit only <laughs> and then expect, tell them to get out. And there's only one way out. You would have to do X mm-hmm. to get out. And they created every system and every program to equate uh, to to how do I say that to equate to the similar thing? So you're like a mouse in a, in a maze, so to speak. When you think about, if you take a moment, take a few deep breaths, and think about any system that exists, and I'm not talking about computer systems. I'm talking about the way we take showers. The what are we consenting to? You know, the way we the way we cook our food, the way we source our food, the way we send our kids to school, what kind of education is given, you know, obviously limited information. Uh, The internet, the information available on the internet, why do they scrub things from the internet? You know, can you connect all the dots? As soon as someone connects all the dots, everything disappears. So every single system under that non-compete plan was designed to make you totally 100% dependent on them. Now, did Rothschild families or Lee families in China or Mr. Lee's or, or the Mewa or the Black Sun or any of these people ever control it? The answer to the question is no. And I will repeat the same thing that I tell you every time they think they had control. If there is a plan, some people will get A and B. Some people will get F and J. Some people, but I can tell you right now, the final 
piece to the plan always rested with Marduk. Whether it's a final key, a final detonation of nuclear weapons, a final detonate, you know, a final uh, detonation of the financial system, a final detonation of the corporate system, and he had to feed it at the same time. So all that free money that goes out to all those corporates through all of your governments that are watching this plural, that's how it was done. Even the government system's not real. You know, it's like we're living in a movie that is created for us. We are the mouse in the maze. And we are going around exactly where they tell us to go based on where they put the walls. And we've been living like this for thousands of years. Now, the reason that this is so important to talk about is because there are a lot of people who are claiming they're at the top now. <laughs> that aren't really at the top of anything, that aren't accomplished anything, but real people are getting hurt. Everything that's happening over there in the Middle East and Israel right now is a result of people trying to move forward with this dark age, these dark timelines, to bring in these dark en energies or entities to help them take back over the financial system and continue with their original plan, which was, you know, basically most of us would be gone except the 500 million of us that were going to be their slaves, right? Um, and we're not on that timeline. That is not happening anymore. But you still have a lot of people that are trying to make that happen because that was the plan for a very long time. And they have a lot of questions right now as to why things are not going according to plan, and so that's the explanation why. We will see if any of these people start to make wise choices because right now they are being taken out. And this is not even, I think Kim, you know, I think I included the soundbite where she said, listen, this isn't even my call. This came from above, you know, not, you know, I didn't make the final call on this. But people are disappearing right and left. The entire deep state is going down because you can't work with them. You can't work with people that are just hell-bent on taking over and harming people, no matter what. So the other quick update is that darkness, uh, the dark matter, is disappearing. I think Kim said we are at less than 1% on this planet right now. So good things are happening, guys. Good things are happening. I encourage you guys, some names were dropped in today's episode. Go back. Go down some rabbit holes, have an open mind, search for some of these terms online and see what we're talking about. Research the Masons, research the checkerboard pattern we did the whole thing on. Look up some of the military groups that have been discussed. And if you like what you heard today and you know people that could really benefit from hearing this type of information and these types of conversations, please share this episode with them. For more information on us, you can go to unitednetwork.tv. That's where you can become a member and get access to all of the UNN newscasts, our complete world situation reports, and original series, including a bunch of health and wellness videos. And we would love to connect with you as well. If you go to the news portion of our site, which is unitednetwork.news, you can click on a link at the top called Connect. 
that has all of our Telegram links. That's the main way that we communicate with our audience through Telegram. If you're interested in becoming a field messenger, there's a tab for field messengers there, and it gives you a lot of tips and pointers. And we also have a Telegram group for that as well. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. I hope this information was helpful to you and shines a little bit of light on what is happening on our planet right now. This is The Rundown, and I'm Sunny Galt for United Network News, signing off.